episode 307, Simone Vincenzi, selling without being a douchebag. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, live limitless. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of Awaken Your Alpha, the number one men's development podcast for inspirational stories and strategies to thrive as a man. As a coach, keynote speaker, and best-selling author, it has been my mission going on four years on the podcast to bring you the best, the very best, the struggles, the action, and to share the real journey with you. Together we are stronger. Please subscribe to support the show through ayalpha.com and join the conversation in the Facebook group, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW. Get involved and I'll see you in the inside. Get to the podcast. We have a brilliant one today. We have Simone Vincenzi. I hope I've got that right. He is known as the Italian stallion of the speaking industry. He's all about turning experts into authorities. He's known for a TEDx talk called Sleeping With Your Clients, which we're going to dig into. He's been featured in Forbes, loads of media publications. We're going to dive straight into it. Simone, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Yes, of course, Adam. Ready to rock. Awesome. Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight? I know it's quite a short intro i was really focused on getting your name pronunciation right yeah so. yeah you got you got the name right i really appreciate the effort <laughs> considering that about 95 percent of podcast hosts that they mess it up but just so like thank you simon v simon v <laughs> or they, they kind of say simon yeah yeah kind of like that but yeah uh, there are a few that's a great introduction thank you very much i really appreciate i, I always love to be called the Italian stallion so oh. that sounds sounds really good to my I'm ears. I'm glad you do because even if you didn't I'd love to call people anyone, <laughs> I'm glad you like to be called that because anyone's Italian I'm thinking I'm just Italian stallion pops <laughs> in my head so just break it's it. just uh, you know it just boosts my confidence you're talking about the alpha male and boosts my confidence hey. every time I hear that. It's been a good morning I've, I've been to the gym they had the rocky soundtrack playing and now I'm talking to the Italian stallion I mean hey winning here we go is that what a start of a day there's something something to add on, uh, on what you already said uh, i do more than uh, my big specialty is uh, public speaking and as you said i do more than 200 events every single year uh i've done events with people like les brown uh, uh, organized an event with gary vaynerchuk and uh, i love to talk with some big names Something else about me that uh, many people don't know is that I actually, even though I'm pretty short, uh, in centimeters. Hey, you're the right height. I'm, I'm, I'm around. I'm with you on this. <laughs> I'm right about like one, 1. 1.7 meters, something like that. <laughs> but I play basketball professionally in, uh, in the fourth division uh, in the UK league. And I can beatbox on a didgeridoo. I've heard, I've heard it. I've heard it. You heard that. You were, you were there. You were this, there where we this met. This is good. This is good to have up your sleeve. And I remember the basketball. If you didn't bring up the basketball, I was going to bring up the basketball because I am a, also a vertically challenged gentleman who loves basketball. <laughs> <laughs> When, when, when are you coming back to the UK? Now I you don't left. know. I, I don't know. I hope so this year at some point. But yeah, I'm not sure yet. When no. you come back, um, let, let's, let's have a good match up. Oh, I love it. I love That's it. a good game. I just played on Sunday and slightly tweaked my hamstring, so I'm also getting old. <laughs> you finish your session and there's like the ankle and the knee. I play once a week and I need that week to recover for the next session. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your origins because I'm, I'm speaking to you obviously in England today. Um, Italian stallion kind of gives it away, but just tell us a little bit about your origins. I, I don't know, but I'm thinking you might not have grown up thinking 
oh, I want to be a speaker when I'm older. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, my origin, I come from Italy, and in particular, the city where I come from is uh, Maranello, which is uh, close to Modena and Bologna, center north of Italy. Okay. Are maybe very, everyone is familiar with Bolognese sauce that's in lasagna. That's where they come from. Okay. And um, also, Maranello is very famous all over the world. It's a small city, but incredibly famous because Enzo Ferrari was born there. Ah. And Enzo Ferrari was the person who then built the first Ferrari car. So the factory is based in Maranello. So it's a small town, 20,000 people living there, but there are more Ferraris than human beings uh, sometimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you see a Ferrari, every single corner is, uh, is beautiful. <laughs> so I, I, I started there and uh, now you said I, I wasn't thinking to become a speaker. That's true. Consciously, I wasn't. It wasn't saying, oh, you know, when I grow old, I yeah. want to become a speaker. Actually, I wanted to become an Egyptologist. But I couldn't shut up when I was a kid. I couldn't shut up. And I had my, my, my teachers at school that were always saying, Simone, shut up. Simone, don't <laughs> talk. And, and they would put in me, you know, I was the, the, the guy at the, at the back of the class, you know, making noise. And they were always putting me in the front of the class beside the teacher or beside the best person, you know, the quietest person that they are the, the, the top in the class. Yeah. And I, I had the power to even get those people to talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, uh, uh, my, my teachers and my parents weren't impressed about my school performances. Um, so that's why at 14, I decided uh, to have a summer to have a summer job to earn some money. And I stumbled into restaurants and being a waiter. What do you do at 14? Uh, something legal to make money? Well, restaurants, <laughs> right? And uh, I became a waiter. And the fact is that I absolutely love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And I worked so hard that at the age of 19, I became the youngest Michelin star restaurant manager in uh, Europe. And I was earning uh, quite a bit of money. And that's how I came to the UK because yeah. from uh, Italy, someone says, oh, I like your style. I, wanna, I want you to work in my restaurant in London. And that's how I arrived to the UK. So I took the flight two weeks, uh, packed my bags, and uh, started my new life in London. That's how I ended up here. Wow. How long ago was that, did you say? That was uh, eight years ago. I'm 29 now. I was 21. Blimey. Yeah. Tell me about how that transitioned into the, the speaking side of things. And it, obviously, it sounds like you had great success in the restaurant business at an early age. For a lot of people, they would have just stayed in that. When, when was kind of like the awakening moment where you, you started to feel tugs to do something else or you felt like your calling was somewhere else? Well, if you think about this, I started working in a restaurant when I was 14. So by the age of 22, I already had an eight-year career mm -hmm. and uh, full-time because I was working, even when I was going to school, I was working uh, every single evening and every single weekend. So I had, my, I had an early midlife crisis, let's put it this way. <laughs> Very early at the age of 22, yeah. when, when I wasn't passionate anymore about the things that I was doing, and I know myself, and I just I'm the kind of person that naturally, if something gets me, I will put uh, my addictive personality kicks in. I would just do that thing and forget about anything else. Mm -hmm. But if something doesn't get me, I actually completely drop it. I cannot be bothered at all. That's the yeah. downside of having this personality. So. I found that I wasn't passionate anymore about working in a restaurant and I was looking for the next step. And I was, and I didn't have a clue about what to do because I left school, quit university, 
to work in restaurants and I didn't even have any formal education on, on the field. So I was like, all I can do is literally being a waiter mm-hmm. and talking to people. That was a big clue. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I ended up attending some seminars to find out, you know, what's the next step and find your purpose in life and this kind of stuff. And I was, I remember there after attending about 10 or 15 of the seminars and I was like, I, I want to be that person. I don't know, something, it was like a calling. I cannot explain. And I was sure that that was going to be my next step. So now the question was, how the heck do I make it happen? Mm-hmm. So I started to enroll in a course to become a life coach uh, and a youth coach. And because it was very difficult to actually get people to trust the 22-year-old life coach, which actually the, the question that people were asking me is like, what are you going to teach me about life? You're 22. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, I was like, yeah, you, you make a good point. <laughs> you have a good, I cannot blame you. Yeah. So I went uh, into youth coaching because uh, I was really passionate about working with young people. And that's something I've always involved, uh, even in my church when I was a kid or when I was a teenager, helping the young people at my church. So I said, okay, that's an easy way in. And I started working for about four or five different organizations and working with young people, helping them with their confidence, self-esteem while I was building my coaching business. And, you know, I got one person to trust me, two people to trust me, three people to trust me. Four years later, work with more than a thousand people. (laughs) I know we're going to talk about turning sort of experts into authorities and you like that's good to hear from your obviously you knew you had an issue with your kind of your positioning your credibility because of your the age and everyone's got back perceived barriers how do you go about what do you think are some key things to sort of cross that divide and you know turn expert uh, experts into authorities absolutely um i didn't know what i know now so <laughs> i could have fast tracked my journey so much. I uh, made so many mistakes. One of the biggest mistakes was reinventing myself from scratch. This is one of the biggest things I see people doing. They come in, in love with life coaching or with a field, maybe if it's not life coaching, any other field, but which is not a field where they have already have experience or a reputation in. So what they do, actually, they neglect completely their background and they start completing a new background when they need to build connections, network, credibility, trust, experience, the expertise itself. And that's why it takes five to 10 years. However, if I were to be a bit smarter or know what I know now, I already had a great success in the catering industry and my curriculum was incredible. I worked in some of the best restaurants in Italy and in London. I could have gone as a consultant for restaurants. Or niche myself as a coach for people in the catering industry. So now then my credibility would overcome the objection of uh, you are too young for this. You know, I think everyone listening can start to apply that kind of mindset to their journey and, you know, and use that. I like that. Exactly. And so that was one, uh, reinventing myself from scratch. That's why I not only had to learn all the skills again, but I had to position myself, get the trust, the credibility. So start where you are already comfortable. Start where your people already know you. You might have been working already for years in a, in a field or studied for years in a certain field, and you have developed ideas. You have developed connection. You have developed also, you've seen the problems that need to be solved in that industry. 
So that's why that makes you a great person to come in as a consultant or trainer or start your own stuff on the side. Um, so that's one. The other part is actually something that uh, even though I started, uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Actually, it was the, probably the only good things I did at the beginning, which was uh, leverage other people. Leverage other people. And in particular, leverage other people's network. And associate myself with people that were in my same field that were already known uh, and get myself out there in this way. Because uh, I remember when I was starting out, I, in my mind, I always knew that I wanted to run events. Yeah. That was my big thing. I wanted to run events. And uh, no one knew me. So I put up my first event. Like literally four people came. Hey, you got four people. <laughs> yeah, two of these were the speakers. <laughs> One was my business partner's father. Just like, right? Just a family member of you. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the fourth one actually was the only person who actually got the ticket that came in. <laughs> and we, we chained that person at the chair to make sure he didn't leave. <laughs> and so, but something that we did, as, you, as I mentioned, I invited immediately other speakers. And... Um, that's one, that's one of the best ways to get yourself known is to see, okay, who are the other influencers or other people in my industry that I can associate myself with or I can partner up with or I can create something with? Now, reality check. If you're starting out and you are completely no one, reaching out for the biggest influencer in your industry unless you have someone that can make a great connection and they will do it as a personal favor, to get you launched or you pay a lot of money because money, remember money saves time. Yeah. So if you got money, man, you can fast track your career so much in any field, but if you don't have it, like I didn't, then I started reaching out the people that were like one step above me. Then I went into different networking events and started helping out other people and then returns other people were willing to help me out. So I was able to connect with other influencers that they might not talk maybe in, in an event with two or three people, five people, but they were going to do it because of me to help me out. Yeah. And I was very upfront. I need your help right now. One day I'm going to pay you back. And uh, so this is the next thing that people can do to build themselves as an, as an expert and then as an authority in their field. Is there any other kind of strategies around all that, that, that kind of mindset for, for building someone's authority? Yeah, so mindset, um, that's a very good point. Mindset, 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 mindset. Now, I struggle with mindset a bit and or giving mindset advice. And the reason why, it is because uh, I was probably, I, I consider myself very lucky. I had always within me, probably because of my mom or my dad, I don't know where that came from, but I'm unstoppable. I, I, I want something, I'll go and get it. I don't care how long it's going to take. I don't care uh, if I have to eat uh, peanut butter for three months. I want something, I'll go and get it. And I've always been this way. So when someone asks me for mindset advice, I'm like, go and get it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wouldn't know what else to say. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's your norm, which is it's great because like you say, a lot of people, it's not their norm. So they have to do some work as to get to that point. But that is absolutely awesome. And that explains a lot. And, I, and it, 
from meeting you and it definitely comes across. So there are some people that say, well, Simone, you're very lucky. I don't, I'm not like you. I'm not like Adam. Um, I'm not always an action taker. What can I do to start? That's something that is a very good question. Mm -hmm. And uh, the point to start is uh, understanding that whatever you're going to or you want is going to take time. And I think that one of the best advice I've ever read from a book or a quote, I was thinking something from Brian Tracy that said, everything you want to do is going to take three times longer and is going to be three times more expensive. <laughs> Man, and I can so, find that in so many areas of my life. <laughs> right? I think, I just, as soon as you say that, I'm just thinking about my book that's coming out and I'm just thinking, Man, have you been peeking? Have you got a spy camera in here? This <laughs> so sometimes, so three times if you're lucky. Well, you mentioned a quote there. So I'm going to take that as your alpha quote and it leads us into the alpha round. So I want to just go on, on the back of that. Is there a particular book or maybe two books that have really been either very impactful for you personally or one that you, you think is very useful to clients or friends that you maybe gift or recommend? Absolutely. One great book, because I think that big part of everyone's journey is mastering finances. And that was a big part of mine. I was great at making money, but great at spending money. Even better at spending <laughs> money than making money. <laughs> so it, doesn't, it didn't matter how much money I was making. I could make, you know, 100,000 pounds, 200,000 pounds a year, 300,000 pounds. It was gone. <laughs> And uh, is a, a great book called The Richest Man in Babylon. Ah, I ever came across that book I've before. I've heard of that. Who's that by? That's what I, was, I wouldn't know. I don't remember. No, no, no one remembers. It's, it's weird. Some books you kind of just tag the name to it. But yeah, I can't. I, can't I, I don't remember who is that from. It's a short book that teaches you about financial principles using stories and using parables from the Old Testament. And it's not a religious book at all. It just uses stories that are set in Babylon and uh, they are brilliant to teach you simple financial principles. And I've used that book and because it was recommended by my, my fiance at the time that now is my wife, that she wanted me to get my finances in order. <laughs> <laughs> very, yeah. very selfishly, of course, uh, but also it was important. Yeah. And she said, you must read this book and you must get your finances sorted out said, okay, I will do it. And that book was a life changer. Uh, if, you, if you have another one uh, in, on a business sense, on a business yeah. level, I love uh, uh, the books, uh, every book from Daniel Priestley. Okay. I, I love his books. So he's a great businessman. The key person of influence is probably his best known one, maybe? Uh, yeah, key person of influence is the one who is the most known for. The best book that I've read from him, actually two best books from him, one is called The Oversubscribed, okay. which is a great book uh, uh, that teaches uh, uh, marketing principles to get uh, people to get interested in you and buy from you. Yeah. And if with all the business books that I've read or listened to, that one was top class. And the other one, for a bit more advanced business owner, you've been in business for a while, is called 24 Assets, which talks about... Uh, what are the 24 assets that you need to have in your business to make your business uh, valuable? What are investors looking for? Yeah. What makes your business worth something? I like and, the sound of that one. Uh, so when you sell it, or even if you don't sell it, you know what to focus on when you're building your business. So these are the three books. 
Awesome. Who would you recommend from your network who would be a great interview for the show you think would add value and when you think awaken your alpha you think ah this this is going to work this there'd be a great person to recommend one person which is uh, she is incredible it's called Desislava Dobreva do you know her no or you you came across her so as you know right now big thing in terms of our business in the business world is building your personal brand mm -hmm. that's what you're doing right now through your show that's what I'm doing through my podcast the explode your expert business show and this is Lava. She's an expert in branding. So she came from a proper former background, studied branding at university, very young, very bright, very talented. Everything she says is pure gold. And I had the pleasure to work with her and the mentor in her business. But it came to a point where I'm actually learning more from her. <laughs> <laughs> so is uh, a person that uh, I recommend everyone to follow and uh, definitely an awesome guest for your show. Awesome. That's this is Lava Dobreva. Okay, you might have to send me. Uh, yeah, yeah I'll, send you, I'll put you in touch. I'll put you in touch <laughs> via Facebook. No, I'm giving you people with easy names all the time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to listen back to this recording how to say that as well. <laughs> is there a particular resource or something you use or it could be a combination or a habit that really keeps you on the straight and narrow and, and maybe you don't think is run of the mill that might, might, might be of use or interest to someone? I think it is a pretty... Um, so I've been uh, hearing about this for a while, but I haven't applied it up until two, three weeks ago. And so it's very recent and I'm still adjusting to it. Mm -hmm. But it, have you ever heard about... Um, and the 12 week year or the 90 day year. Oh, yeah, you got I mean it. This. <laughs> I mean that. I mean that exactly. I love this. I, it's a big, a lot of my philosophy and everything is, I, I, I use that as a framework, definitely. Perfect. So I think that having the concept of using, uh, having projects for three months at a time, instead of seeing the year as 12 months, but just seeing, you know, you have three months. What the heck are you going to do with those three months? You have a quarter. What the heck are you going to do with that? And be super laser focused and being accountable every single day with one single aim for the next three months is, uh, is huge. In particular for someone like me that is very creative. Mm. I've got, a, I, I, I poop ideas. Like I, I got ideas everywhere. Yeah. And uh, so having the accountability, the self-accountability, and focus of the of this concept and a 90-day journal as well then helps me massively i'm coming towards the end but there's certain things i've gotta i gotta get in tedx title and a talk, title for your talk is huge and important in getting people to listen to it it's great marketing sleeping with your clients what's that all about tell me a little <laughs> bit about that and also within it might be tied in as well you know what do you think really makes a, a great presentation? And I know you're known well for, you know, closing without, uh, in your own words, without being a douchebag, which I love that. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, very good point. Disclaimer, I never slept with any of my clients. <laughs> so, don't get strange ideas. You listeners that don't know me, it's like, oh, it's the guy that sleeps with his clients. No, that's the, just the <laughs> you title. Might, you oh. might have got more signups. You never know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I can, add it, I can add it as my advanced course, you know, like the ultimate package. <laughs> Your VIP, yeah. The exactly, the VIP, <laughs> the VIP. But then I got to perform well. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Especially <laughs> as the Italian Stalin, that is a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure, absolutely. Oh my God, I'm already sweating right now. So, 
this is the thing uh, sleeping with your client uh, is uh, i need to give credit for the title uh, to the tedx organizer actually he came up with the title because the one that i proposed was very dull and boring i don't even remember that's how good it was yeah. so uh, is the concept of uh, not only serving your clients not only going and deliver a product deliver a service being there for them but thinking about what can i do to have uh, to be with my clients in almost every moment of their lives for example one of the first thing or last thing that people do before going to bed is checking their phone steve jobs spirit is sleeping with me almost every night <laughs> whether i like it or not so <laughs> this is the concept of what how can you create product services or an ecosystems around your business where you are a constant reminders for your clients that you're always there for them so that's why sleeping with your clients and it came from a social experiment actually where me and my business partner for a period of time lived with, with our clients so we had at a certain point the GTEx house. Yeah. We were me and my business partner, three others of our clients, and uh, it was a social experiment to see what happens if you actually live with them. Now, I wouldn't recommend anyone else to do it because uh, you know when you're in co-living spaces, you get to know the good, the bad, and the ugly of people. Yeah. And uh, you know some people can be great clients. Or great partners but rubbish flatmate yeah right so that's why I don't recommend it however it was a great insight to see what's actually the daily life of our clients the moment where they were working up until you know four o'clock in the morning and working on on their stuff it was this completely complete lack of barriers yeah. between me as a person as an individual and them as an individual and I've learned so much from that experience and got me an understanding of what what kind of person people they are what kind of things they love how can i serve them better and also they got more respect for me because they were seeing all the background work all the legwork that I was putting behind my business yeah. so that's why sleeping with your clients that's why the tedx talk love it and again that'll be in the show notes guys so you can go and check that out selling from stage without being a douchebag just yeah. in a, a quick sum up because I, I know obviously time's valuable quick sum up of what are the key points to and i think ultimately focus on that bit without being a douchebag because i like that it's catchy as well <laughs> yeah so i attend i was attending hundreds of seminars uh, starting from free event to paid events trainings i was always there and uh, i found that I hated the way that many speakers, not everyone, but many of the big name speakers were selling. Mm. They were making a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. They were yeah. making a lot of sales. But after a while, I felt all the same thing. And now there is the pitch and yes, run at the yes. back of the room. And so I'm now taking the piss. And uh, because I, I don't take this seriously, I think that there are better ways to sell from the stage or different ways, not even yeah. better, because at the end of the day, it's about your personality. I think that's vital, yeah, the difference. Yeah, because like you say, people, they've seen something so many times and their mind almost just switches off and just like, oh, here we go, autopilot. Yeah. Exactly. Or on the other side, if someone wants to do it, says, well, I, do I have to do it that way? I don't want to do it. So what happens, they do the complete opposite way. So it means they don't sell. And therefore, mm -hmm. they might actually have great heart and great product and great services, but make no money. 
because that part is missing. So what I wanted to find is a way where I could combine, I could make the same amount of sales and uh, be fair with people. Mm-hmm. What do I mean about not lying? If something is hard to build, it becomes hard to build. I can make it simple, but it's still hard to build, mm-hmm. right? So being honest, being upfront always with them and having a sales process that gets them to buy without all the hyping up and rah-rah. And I found that this actually works really well with people that have been there to a lot of seminars because they see something different. But it doesn't work so well with the people that are new because mm. people that are new, they want the rara because yeah. they're saying, oh my God, I want, the, I want to make quick money. I want the quick solution. And, and, and it's fine. That's how I was when I started. I decided to change it and uh, it's working really well. And one of the things that uh, is really important that I focus on, not only deliver incredible value, but also tell them the reality. This is the most important thing. How that's going to look like for them if they decided to go in our journey together. Full transparency. It's going to be hard. That's worry. That's your part of the bargain. That's my part of the, gar- the bargain. That's what I can do for you. That's what I cannot do for you. Are you happy? Let's join. And I found that in this way, having a great product and a great service, because of course your product needs to be the right one, then people are very responsive and in particular, they don't cancel because they're not hypnotized on buying something they don't even want or they need. Mm. They buy the right thing for them, they make an informed decision and they stick to it. What are your thoughts around the, because I, I know it's so valuable and I do think it's essential in some shape or form, some kind of, whether it's deadline, time limiter, restriction, to just get a decision out of here. And that's how I approach it in terms of- It's crucial. I don't mind what the decision is to a certain extent, but you just need a decision. I think that's helpful for the person in life in general, so they can go on with their life in a different direction. Or how do you approach that in terms of, like you said, the the run to the back of the room strategy in general? How do you approach that and have your own spin? And what are your thoughts around that? That's a very good point. So I tested out and I said, okay, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to present the offer. If people want to buy, buy. If they don't want to buy, they buy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) The reality is, like you said, some of these... uh, Does it work? You you might not agree with it and you think, oh, you don't like... But like you say, they are still closing and you might not agree with their methods or how they they feel their approach, but they are, you know, they're closing because... So I always put put, uh, um, time scarcity. So it's Mm -hmm. just valid for this amount of time and this amount of unit. So unit scarcity and time scarcity, they are really important Mm -hmm. because they get people to actually make a a decision and not think this is available every time. Mm Uh, and then I stick to it. So this is the yeah. other part. I, if that's what I say, if you don't take action, you come back two days later, you got another deal. You don't yeah. get the same one that you got. You got a worse one. Um, so that's a, a really important. The way that, for example, I do it is instead of getting people to run at the back of the room, everyone sitting on their chair, they get a sales form to fill up. Right, so there is not the rush. There is not the hype. There is not the thing. They make the informed decision. There is the scarcity, but then they fill up form there and then on the table another way that i've seen done incredibly well by our common friend Cavit, yes is is a master at that he doesn't do any hard closing or any hard selling yeah he says are you interested in this let's book a consultation and then he's not doing pretty bad yeah no, exactly and that's why we we worked on that and that's exactly because we're coming at it you know and we know what we're up against in terms of 
you do have the the people who it's instantly there and then and it's just i think it's important as well what you're what you're comfortable with and what's your personal and what it's gonna be like working with you as a as a having them as a client and they can get a sense for and what attracts sometimes people to us it's is that that they literally say it's because you didn't do a kind of run to the back of the room type snow thank was you refreshing and yeah and that's you attracts. and that's the same thing yeah. that i get because I don't want that to happen. So I'm often using the application clause, like have it. Mm -hmm. Hey, you like what the presentation you see? You want me to do this for you or do you want to do this together? Text this number or fill up this application. We will have a chat within 48 hours or 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Give them a time limit on that yeah. too. And then close them on a one-to-one. -one. So it works incredibly well. The other part is giving them the form or um, another part is actually running a smaller event instead of bigger events because also depends, the context is important. Mm. If you're running a, a big seminar, the harder the close, the more the conversion most of the time because it creates the social proof. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, for example, I've never been great at uh, selling from large seminars because I don't want to adopt that kind of style. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather be true to myself and do an application close from there than do something that I, I have done. I, I proved myself I can do it because I yeah. tested. I wanted to test. But then I felt like this is rubbish. I don't actually enjoy the process. So Yeah, you make a, you make a really great point because when, you are, when it is a big stage, a big seminar, something like that, usually your time is limited as well to have an impact. And even if people, like you say, really are like, oh, Simone, this is, this is, this is the guy. If there's a series of speakers and you've only got maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, if someone else has been more like, this is when it's got to happen, they may forget about you and they were planning. And they buy from the other person. Exactly. And I always, yeah, it's, it's tricky because it is a tough balance to get because you've got to be open to, or not open to that. The reality is you're not that important in their lives and you know something else will pop up. And that's the reality. People genuinely want to work with you 100% and write this is what I'm going to do. If you don't give them that opportunity or that avenue to kind of have some kind of commitment and take the next step, it's tricky because then there's someone Thank else you. coming. Maybe not, they don't relate to them as much, but they, like you say, got a very drilled or very, in some ways, sometimes it's quite um, ruthless. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, a, that what, for example, one of the things that I do, I avoid this kind of environment. Uh, so I'm yeah. not putting myself in an environment where I know I have 90 minutes, it's a three-day event, there are mm -hmm. 20 speakers, and uh, I'm paying, maybe I'm even paying money to be there, mm -hmm. And then uh, I have all this pressure to sell, to be someone that I'm not. And actually, I don't like this kind of seminars. There's so many different ways to do it. And it is, it's, sometimes it's very easy to get sucked in with, this is what the way a lot of people are doing it and some big names. Um, and if that fits your style and there's nothing wrong with it, like you say, it's, but you've got to know where, where your, your niche, where your area of genius is in terms of, you know, how you work best and get clients on board and, and what you're comfortable with at the end of the day, you know, what you're, Thank you. um, you can sleep at night with. <laughs> Not necessarily I do think you should be out of your comfort zone, but not in a way that morally questions or just doesn't feel right in your gut. So that's the thing. I did it, I did it once and uh, I felt uh, I felt a fraud. I felt a fraud on that stage because I wanted a sale or because I had to fulfill that opportunity or to say something about the event organizer, which I didn't believe. Mm. And uh, I did it once. It was a huge opportunity. That's why I chose it. Mm -hmm. And my wife told me, are you sure? Sure you want to do that? And I said, yeah, yeah. Is it such a great opportunity? I'm going to do it. And then uh, I, f I left. I, it was the first time I was on a stage. 
that I I actually was looking forward to the moment for for the event to to complete mm. to, to end to finish. I wanted to get off. I I didn't even stay around. I left. I went home. Went to my wife. I said, "You were right. <laughs> made a big mistake. I'm not going to do this again." Awesome. Love the clarity. If people want to reach out to you more. What's the best way to connect with you? <laughs> Absolutely. Two best ways. Uh, number one, you're listening to this podcast. I'm assuming that you like podcasts. So we have a podcast too. Hey, hey, uh, Explode Your Expert Business Show. And that's where you can, uh, we interview uh, world-class experts and uh, we ask them how do they run their business. Uh, we dissect their business live to see what they do behind the, behind the scene. I, I absolutely love that find it on iTunes, Spotify, every platform. Uh, the other thing is that if you're interested in uh, learning how to sell from seminars, uh, webinars, selling from the stage, using a different way from the one that we have been talking so far, then I've created a checklist. It's a simple checklist for you to create a presentation that sell so you can be fully authentic at the same time. And there is going to be a link in the show notes, probably, uh, yeah. <laughs> or in the description. So... You can go on that link you will see Adam's face as soon as you open the page. And then if you scroll down, there is going to be the option of joining our Facebook group, getting the selling from the stage checklist. And if you want to talk, there is going to be also an option to talk. Awesome. Simple as that. Brilliant. It's been an absolute pleasure. Unless there's any words of wisdom you'd like to leave us with, Mr. Italian Stallion. We are good. We are done. Words of wisdom. Go and get it. No other way. You want something? Go and bloody get it. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to this episode. I really do appreciate it. And I know time is the most important asset we have. Please do subscribe and leave a short review. Head over to ayalpha.com to get any goodies that are going on the website at the time. And Awaken Your Alpha with ALW the Facebook group and get on the inside, join the conversation and please do support the show so you can share this on and recommend it to your friends. This is the number one men's development podcast for inspirational stories and strategies for us all to thrive. Thrive.